This is Gigi from beautiful Vancouver, Canada. Today, we will be hosting David Query, a professor from Capilano University, a native from New Zealand, living in Canada and working for his indigenous filmmaking studies. Our podcast will examine the success factors driving the New Zealand government and how it has handled the pandemic crisis. Once again, New Zealanders have proven to the world that despite being a tiny piece of earth in the middle of the ocean, they continue to be leaders, showing the force and the strength of the human race by advancing and embracing progress, science, and change in the best way possible. With a very young prime minister in her 20s, a woman, and the antithesis of the usual leader around the world, and a team of non-conventional looking people, scientific and representative, the New Zealand government have proven to the world that the fight against the virus is on. And more important, they serve as an example that we can efficiently manage and move towards the decimation of the virus penetration in our society. It is with great pleasure that today we have invited David to our podcast. Without further introduction, we welcome Gary to the show. It's, it's, one of the things is that you need to understand is New Zealanders love being the first. <laughs> they love, they love uh, the fact that they lead the world and because they're so tiny and at the bottom of the world, they love any chance to prove that they're better than everyone else. So the fact that they're leading the world and beating COVID really makes them feel good. So the, one of the things that they're that's helped I think is because they got off to a really good start and had a good lockdown philosophy and then saw that other countries were having a lot of trouble so it actually kind of reinforced the idea that we're doing a really good thing by having a strict lockdown and um, there's some other advantages that New Zealand has they're not just uh, it's not just about leadership even the geography makes it easier because it, it's an island everyone has to fly there there's no borders like between canada and the united states so and then um also the, the the government decided to spend a lot of money invest a lot of money by putting people into hotels so not a lot of other countries were willing to spend that much money like canada doesn't spend nearly as much money and so It was a really a long-term investment idea and I think a lot of New Zealanders would, if it didn't work, a lot of New Zealanders might have turned on them. But because it's worked, it reinforced just how good the leadership was. And we actually had an election during, yeah. uh, during the pandemic, I think in September. In September, whatever. yeah. You, you are in normal, like, well, you have like all, also every single bit of crazy stuff happening. She was also pregnant when she was elected that the first time she gave birth during the during the time of the election. You got a big shooting also and that she went like a really good leadership. Like bottom line, she's a really, it seems that she's a very good leader, right? She's very good in uh, stressful situations. Crisis like uh, management. the mosque shooting was terrible. And so, I think it would have been very different for a guy like we have some very conservative politicians there mm -hmm. in New Zealand as well just like in a lot of countries 
And so it was, it was just a very different feeling to have a woman who's quite young, who wore really young. Uh, the headscarf, comforting other grieving, upset women. And so I think it was a very different feeling than if you'd had a male, white, yeah. conservative, conservative leader. And so, like, she couldn't dictate that that was going to happen, but it was another thing that promoted her to the world. We also had a terrible um, accident with a volcano yeah. that blew up. And and so she's very good at handling these terrible disasters that happen. And um, obviously the pandemic is another example of an ex- mm-hmm. of a but um, also she has really good, it's not just about her, and I actually put in the Twitter, if you want to click on the Twitter, can you see that, what I put in there? Yeah, uh, can you see the, can you see the Twitter file for Dr. Susie Wiles? No, actually, the only problem, I don't have Twitter account, I'm horrible. <laughs> well, that's alright, well you'll be able to find her... I think you'll be able to find all about her anyway, so I'll give you her Wikipedia thing. Please. You'll be able to use that. Anyway, she's very... The person that she... That is one of the head doctors that kind of is consulted. I just put it in the chat for you. You should be able to click on that. Or I can actually share screen, actually. I'll tell you what, that's what I can do. I can... Oh, yeah, nice. So, like, even compared to Bonnie Henry, right? Can uh-huh. you see my share screen? Yeah, now? yeah, I can. Okay, so they've made little cartoons out of her as well, right? So, uh, th- she's actually named after a famous punk alternative band from England called Susie and the Banshees. So, she's kind of groovy, right? Yeah. Like, as Very cool looking. Henry, <laughs> as opposed to Bonnie Henry, who's kind of like a stuffy old uh, school teacher. So that's another reason why people kind of bought into it because it's kind of got this image of like grooviness and the guy who's the top doctor, who's quite a um, nerdy looking guy. He turned out and played rugby in a in a charity rugby game to raise money. Like he's turned on, kind of was a tough guy. <laughs> so, so, so I don't know what country do you come from? Um, I come from Venezuela. So yeah, but, it would be like one of your politicians turns out to be an amazing soccer player. Yeah, that no, one, that no one was like, oh my god. Looked, I'll show, I'll try and find a picture of it. So it's this kind of feel good. Uh, feeling that you get that you can create uh, here he is okay so uh, I'll share a screen here you go can you see that yes I can see so, the screen so yeah so we are looking at the He's so you can w- see he looks like a civil servant in his tie there, right? Oh my god! <laughs> and, and then, then he goes out. Then he goes out and plays rugby and runs around, and you know he's a tough guy. So there he is, like people getting their photos with him, and 
So, uh, when you have those kind of people at the top, it's easy for people to go, yeah, we want to do what you say, right? So it's like really empathy, right? Like what they're playing. They're really actually getting there like with that spirit that, okay, I'm here. It's not that I'm far removed from, from where you are. Yeah, it's... and I'm just an ordinary person doing the best I can. And Jacinda Ardern, the prime minister, is like that too. Like you probably don't know much about her husband, but her husband or her partner, she's not married even. Mm-hmm. Which is so like he, huge in, in politics, right? And he is, uh, he's got his own fishing TV, sh fishing show, right? So he's, he's, uh, um, he's a celebrity in his own right as well. So, um, I, uh, I get that she is, uh, her degree is in communication, right? So she has successfully really taken her degree further by being able to communicate very well their ideas and manage the crowd, right? Yeah, so here's, I'll just show you here. This is the Prime Minister's husband, right? Or partner. So he has his own fishing show. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and there, there he is with the Prime Minister there, so. And that's the baby. Oh. So, They're not like, they don't come across as politicians who just drive around in fancy cars and they're not kind of, like you said, they've got a very good common touch. Yeah, a completely and, new age, you know, kind of politics is what is at play there, right? Yeah, and particularly when you, uh, when you put them up against someone like Trump, right? Or <gasps> Australia, Australia has quite a conservative prime minister as well. I mean, Trudeau is kind of in the same groovy kind of, I'm young yeah. and I do boxing. But um, that's one of the reasons why they've been so successful is because people like, they like... Uh, they relate well, to them. Not everyone, not everyone. Like, so there is a, like the funny thing is like, uh, in terms of leading the world again, New Zealand is the first country in the world that had women voting, right? Mm-hmm. So, and they've had a lot of women politicians. We've had two other female politicians, uh, female prime ministers. So no country in the world has had that. And also the leader of the opposition at the moment is a woman. So there's always been a lot of women in leadership. So that's another thing New Zealand likes to say that we, you know, we lead in this way as well. Mm -hmm. But um, I would say uh, there's also like... Um, Like a lot of countries, people care about the elderly, but like my mother is 84, so she is in the, if she gets COVID, it's going to be not, it's yeah. not going to be very good for her. So right from the start, there was very much this sense of we must protect our old people. We've got to protect our mothers, our grandparents. So if you can get people to buy into, that's why we're doing it, to, to protect people that we love, then uh, it's... Um, It's easier, I think. But going back to other things, like New Zealand is quite small and there's a lot of jokes. Yeah. About, there's a lot of jokes about how everyone in New Zealand knows each other. And so, <laughs> and you can't do anything without someone finding out that you did it. But it's so, also the sense of community. It's also the people actually realizing that they, they that's what they have and they have to take care of, right? And, and what you're saying, the empathy that has been 
driven by by the government what is really in the change right because even that uh, because they're that you're saying that they're very little and they wanted to actually show that they're number one in the world but in reality no matter how big or or small you are it's about the citizens and the culture in the citizens and i think that that's what is really driving there right like the the culture of the new zealand is completely different well yeah it's i mean it's if you went there you could easily think you're in another country like canada or Mm -hmm. somewhere like any western country the cities look a lot like any other western country but uh one of the things is that happened was everyone thought it was going to be over very quickly right Mm-hmm. Everyone thought by next, by we got it in March, by September, everyone will be back in university. It didn't happen, right? And so now we're all like waiting for the vaccine. We're still going to be, it's just going to drag on and on this whole isolation and teaching. You're from talking home. 10 years from now. I'm like, what? <laughs> I can't stay 10 years from now in isolation. <laughs> no, but that's, I think that was another reason why New Zealand took it really seriously because they beat it the first time and then they could go back to doing they could go to concerts and restaurants and bars they could hug their families they could travel so they got a taste of what it was like to go back to normal right we we haven't gone back to normal no not at all and so when it when it started to come back again new zealanders fought really hard to go we got to get back to normal because we hate being in lockdown, right? Whereas the governments in Canada are not, and a lot of the world, they're not, they're just willing to take a certain amount of cases. Yeah. And it'll just keep, unless you go, no one is going anywhere for the next three weeks mm-hmm. and totally lock things down, you're just not going to be able to beat it. So uh, that was the other, that's the other thing is New Zealanders know what it's like to just get back to normal. And even though, like, tourism is the biggest industry in New Zealand, it means that a lot of tourist money is not flying into New Zealand. But New Zealanders can't go anywhere either. So a lot of New Zealanders are traveling within New Zealand. And so the tourist economy is working by New Zealanders actually going to visit their own country. Because previously, if they had money, they would just fly to Australia, fly to Thailand, fly to England. So it's actually creating an internal economy that's actually doing okay even though we still obviously would love to be able to fly in and out but um yeah those those would be the main reasons why i think um it's it's been successful yeah okay so well uh i think we have just uh five more minutes but um it is really a pleasure talking to you and I wanted to ask you, like, um, what classes do you, what what subjects do you teach at the school? Oh, okay. Uh, well, I am actually part, oh, I am Maori from New Zealand, so I'm part indigenous culture, blood of New Zealand. Mm-hmm. So when I came to Canada, I got asked to teach in the indigenous film program at Capilano. So that's where oh, I teach. Oh, super nice. So I teach screenwriting and I also teach uh, documentary. And I teach communications. That's how I know Grace. I teach business writing for community for documentaries. So I teach the students how to write the proposals to get the money to make their films. To make their films. But I'm also a playwright in New Zealand. I was 
mostly worked in the theatre and in television. So I'm also teaching playwriting at Capilano University and I teach, I actually teach downtown playwriting as well. So I kind of am a bit all over the place, but um, mostly I teach in the Indigenous Film Programme. Ah, super nice. How long you been in, in Canada? Uh, well, I first came here in 2003 with my wife and then we stayed for like about seven years in Victoria and we had our first son and then we went back to New Zealand where I was the writer in residence and a lecturer at Victoria University in Wellington and then I, we had another child and then my, I started looking after the children and my wife was had been working in the film industry mm -hmm. here. So then we flew back to Canada. So off and on for the last uh, 15 years. Mm -hmm. Many factors contributed to the success of the government of New Zealand in managing this health crisis. Out of all of them, the one striking the most was the leader's ability to gain their citizens' trust, the empathy level, and the resilience shown by the Prime Minister in time of crisis. New Zealand's leadership maintained a lengthy lockdown and a kept the virus at bay for 100 continuous days. However, just yesterday, the city of Auckland in New Zealand went into a lockdown once again. With three new cases, all of them contained in the same household. The fight against the virus seems to be a long one. To fight, the human race needs to act smart and allow science and leadership to help us navigate the uncertain terrain the virus laid ahead for us.